When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kyle Rittenhouse's trial shakes the nation as the leftist narrative begins to dissipate. And we jump into all the details here on the Conservative Connection. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. All right, everybody, we are back. It's been a long time. I'm here with my buddy, Josh. Hey, hi, Josh. What's up, guys? How are you doing? So today we're going to be discussing the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, why it's important, what exactly has been happening, and we're going to dismantle a lot of the leftist lies that have been coming out of the very far-left DA prosecution that has acted so unconscionably unethical that it's kind of shocking exactly how much they're trying to twist the truth. So, uh, Josh, um, good to hear, have you back in the studio. How are you doing? The studio is my grandma's basement. So <laughs> I'm glad that we could I have say that with irony, but yeah. In the, in the grandma basement again. It's yeah. Fun. No, it's good to have you. But yeah, I believe every decade or so, a, a legal matter arises that holds the power to negatively affect everybody's lives for years to come. And the Kyle Rittenhouse case is no exception. So, who is Kyle Rittenhouse? Most of you already know the answer, but the story has been so warped that sometimes it's hard to get the original answers and the truth. So, Josh, how, how did you first learn about Kyle Rittenhouse? Snapchat, people were posting about racist white kid shoots people. Yeah. Um, so I watched the video because the first thing I want to do is if the thing's on footy, I want to see the footy. Yeah. So I saw a bunch of people chase him down. Someone threw a flaming object at him and ran after him and tried to take his gun. Shoots that guy dead. Circles back around to see, oh, is this guy dead? Yeah. And then he moves on and he starts trying to get away from the crowd. And then mob chases him. Two people stand out and get to him. And um, they tried to, you know, if you attack somebody with a gun and you put hands on someone's gun, you. You're asking to get shot. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's lethal force. And that, that was one of the problems we see. But if you go on Facebook like right now and you search Kyle Rittenhouse, the words that will appear will say we couldn't find anything to show for Kyle Rittenhouse. So it's very hard to actually get to the truth. Um, now I'm going to be going over some sensitive material. So if you, if you have kids, better to not 
let them hear this one um, if they're mature enough maybe but uh, are you gonna let your uh, little brothers listen to this you know I, i'll let alexander listen to it they give me weird stares when i go to church and they they give me creepy hellos oh, well it, it, now you can't let them hear this what what that has to do with it is um you uh spending more time with your girlfriend and like not hanging out with them anymore they're kind of upset i don't hang out with anybody exactly exactly <laughs> i've spent only time with you and like our buddy matt but, no yeah. i know but anyway, I'm going over some sensitive material. So start with the basic details to give you guys enough time to get out of the room. Um, but um, you've been warned if you have any kids. Um, of course, you know, I, I'm not Big Bird. I'm not here to babysit anybody's kids. This is uh, more of a mature program. I don't swear anything else. But of course, with uh, the crazy shot propaganda right now, you probably don't want Big Bird babysitting your kids alone anyway. Uh, more more on that later. But um if you rewind to early September 2020, about a little more than a year ago, America is quite literally on fire and Democrats are saying that you need to support the domestic terrorists burning America to the ground and they were calling them peaceful. You guys remember the meme that said fiery but mostly peaceful riot and that, that, we thought that was a meme and it was funny but it was actually a real headline with a real reporter while the city was being consumed by explosive flames, uh, fireworks and people being slaughtered in the streets. And you've probably seen several videos of shop owners and others who get killed. Um, tragic deaths like David Patrick Underwood, David Dorn, Chris Beatty, Italia Marie Kelly, Calvin Horton Jr., Benel Trammell, Aaron Danielson, not even mention the cops were, that were slaughtered in these violent riots. Unfortunately, what ended up happening was uh, cops were stretched thin. They could only protect government buildings a lot. And Donald Trump decided to try to give Kenosha aid and Kenosha leadership and the mayor and everybody in office there rejected it there are videos of uh, large groups bursting one by one in single file lines um 20 or 30 in the same building i'm just going to play a clip for you guys and you'll hear like some of the audio and destruction in the background to just kind of give people a reminder of just how severe these things were Dozens of U.S. cities are in chaos. Millions of Americans have taken to the streets. 77-year-old David Dorn was shot to death as a pawn shop he was protecting was being looted. The voices of peaceful protests are being hijacked by violent, radical elements. One man was injured after attempting to protect a Kenosha mattress store before it eventually burned down overnight. Oh, 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 oh. But yeah, I remember even a liberal friend of mine uh, said like he, he saw 30 people bursting into an apartment and he said even through that, he thought you could actually make an argument for owning an automatic firearm just because of, of the fact that like maybe one single one wouldn't be enough. And no matter how much video you saw on the left, no matter how much death certificates that you could find or evidence you could gather, they always ended up supporting these actions. And it's not a straw man. There are videos of James Klug and other reporters interviewing people. I also interviewed people myself at protests um, that were actually peaceful in the daytime. I would never go uh, to one at night. But many would say that they supported the riots and a majority of people I talked to refused to condemn the riots. So even if they didn't support the riots, they would refuse to condemn it, which if you say you don't support it, but you won't condemn it, I just, I, I view that as like a, a soft support of it. Like, wouldn't you agree? I don't know. I think people can be neutral. I think if, uh, I think you have the freedom to not speak about stuff. And I don't think that we should assume silence is a 
uh, automatic position on something. So if someone doesn't speak out against something, I don't want to automatically assume their position. I want to just forget that they exist in the equation because they haven't opted in. But I, I get the idea that everyone in Congress is talking about it. Or, you know, you have your uh, uh, different political people talking about it. So you'd assume that someone would have something to say. But if they don't have something to say, I say, uh, forget about it. <laughs> so like if you if I, if I asked you, would you condemn like violence being broken out into like these cities and stuff like you wouldn't say condemning violence would not condemning violence would be a soft support. This is a genuine question. You don't have to agree with me if you don't want, but you know, we, we, we might disagree. I, I say, um, people got different perspectives on things. So if you say, you know, do you support this? Well, maybe we, uh, we, we, we see things differently. Oh, Okay. It's interesting. It's always good to I'm have different views. In general, yeah. I'm just saying in general in the conversation between two people. So like like if I'm if I'm interviewing somebody and I say, would you condemn like lighting dumpsters on fire and like blowing up gas stations and they say no, you wouldn't consider that like a support of it? Um there might be a specific circumstance where yeah. that would be an appropriate response. Look, if you want to say I'd say the best way to put it would be, Hey, do you condemn um riotous uh, property damage. Yeah. That's... I don't, I, I don't like it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Condemn. That's a strong word, but like, I, I no, I don't like people doing that. And yeah. I, think those people I would have settled for just somebody saying that. If somebody said, I don't like it, I think I would have settled for it. Some people did. They, but they, they thought it was justified. Well, I don't think speaking out's enough. Like if you, if let's say you're the mayor of a city and you say, Oh, we condemn this behavior. Well, okay, so if you condemn it, that means you're the judge. You're proclaiming yourself as judge over, mm -hmm. you know, it says in the Bible, we're not to condemn one another because we're not the judge of each other. So I think when you're doing blatantly illegal things, I mean, like when it comes to harming innocent people, I think it's easy to condemn. I mean, you could call it a condemnable act, but yeah, that's what I mean. If someone says, I, I come out and I condemn this, well, okay, so since you're the judge, what is the response you're taking to it in the tangible world of things? Well, we know what uh, appropriate response would be in a life death situation here, and that would be self-defense. But online, I remember there was so much commotion. There was live video at one of these riots I saw on a Facebook Live where the camera actually being held by the person live streaming was getting really close to a fire. And in this horrific moment, the person got mugged and the people next to the fires actually threw the phone while it was still streaming into a burning building into the flames. And I actually watched a camera burn up on a live stream. That's Which, kind of poetic. Yeah, I know. It, it kind of represents, I think, the Democratic Party's narrative right right, right now. But um, so as Kenosha happens, there's this big commotion all of a sudden. And uh, a lot of these people are armed. You know, they're walking into Kenosha with skateboards to club people over the head, bats. They have guns with them. They're using fireworks as weapons. And they're trying to blow up gas stations by moving dumpsters around. The city's burning to the ground. And the narrative that this liberal girl tried to tell me on Facebook when I first heard about Kyle Rittenhouse is that a middle-aged man decided to take a firearm across state lines in order to show up at a Black Lives Matter protest to kill innocent black children. That was what she told me. Like, well, I know that's how they were framing it. They were like they were trying to put a racial thing on it, and there's nothing you know evidential that says, "Oh, yeah. this was racist." He didn't shoot a black person, so there's not even like a carrot to wave and yeah. say, "Oh, this was racist." And but, some some so people are just figuring that, that narrative. Out. They're like, "Oh, white kid comes across. Uh, he's a white conservative young man with a gun, so that must mean he's trying to hunt black people." 
Yeah, and, and it turns out that narrative was completely wrong. There was there were no pre- peaceful protesters that day. Again, like I said, like there's alarms going off, there's shootings, there's fireworks being used, and you, you heard it in, in the clip just how uh, dangerous like this thing was. People were cocking guns and shoving Glocks into people's faces while they were fa- filming. They were throwing rocks into cars. You've seen images of them breaking up store windows with bats. Many, many times these riders had guns on them with bloody, violent hellscape burning all around you. It was a terrible area filled with uh, domestic terrorists just demolishing and completely destroying everything in their way with smoke billowing from the area and sirens going off from police cars they and ambulances. They say the official number is like $2 billion in damages. That's that's such a low number. It's There's a low no number, way. man. And then on top like, of that... like two strip malls. Yeah, and on top of that, like not all insurance covers riot damage. Absolutely like, not. Yeah, yeah, so like you had areas... like We remember that one black firefighter who was in one of our close... I, I don't remember what area it was in. But yeah, he gets mugged by Black Lives Matter. They steal his safe. They burn his thing to the ground. And then he's he's a black firefighter, retired. You know, luckily people saw that went viral and everybody went out of their way to go and help him out to rebuild. But do you think he's going to do business in that area again? Like, no. Yeah, here's, here's, here's where the corruption plays in. You know, Black Lives Matter is funded by a bunch of rich white guys, mm-hmm. ran by a bunch of black lesbians. Like who, Soros, who yeah. Communists. Yeah. So, um, not that Soros is a black lesbian, but he is a rich white it's, guy. It's the classic. It's the classic play where you got a bunch of rich white guys using black people as their uh, as their uh, facade uh, to say, "Hey, this is a good thing because we have black people everywhere." And um, the the big play was uh, you got BlackRock and you got other uh, asset holding companies coming in and buying all this damaged property. Yeah, after everybody's abandoned it. And that happened with Bill de Blasio in New York as well, um, buying up the property as well, and that's documented. That's the question. It's like, why did the controllers in this circumstance, because there's controllers in all these events. Yeah, and and that's this is more of a theory that people have, and nobody can prove this, but it almost sounded like they were telling the police to stand down because they wanted the destruction in the area hey, because they wanted to move in. To stand down? You, you right. tell the police to stand down, then no one's there to protect anything. And then you go prosecute the real citizens who were armed legally yeah. Yeah. to protect their own companies. And yeah. it's like, you, why would you, why would you as a liberal mayor want your city to burn? Exactly. Because you know the people who are going to come in and buy everything. Right. You want to kick out the private yeah. holders so that you can have your big publicly traded asset companies come in and buy everything. Right. It's centralizing power, centralizing control. It's all this vertical integration of things. It's all that they want. But yeah, I'll give I'll give a short organization of the event. So to prevent the total destruction of their community, I'll actually go into detail here. Um good all these good Samaritans united to protect local businesses and the people around them, including seventeen year old Kyle Rittenhouse, who worked as a lifeguard, trained in advanced life support, volunteered hundreds of hours in service to this community. Earlier that day, volunteer uh, he volunteered to remove graf- graffiti from Ruther's Central High School in Kenosha. In December of 2018, Rittenhouse started a Facebook fundraiser for a nonprofit called Humanizing the Badge to form stronger relationships with law enforcement officers and the community they serve. He asked his friends to donate to this organization for his 16th birthday. Protesters started lighting dumpsters on fire and pushing the dumpsters towards gas stations. A guard 
put out the fire angering Firestarter Joseph Rosenbaum, a registered sex offender convicted of sexual misconduct with a minor in crimes against children. You gotta read out the exact thing he did. Okay, this guy was a convicted serial pedophile who anally raped children, some of them between the ages of 9 to 11. This Uh, is why I told you guys to get your kids out of the room. I heard the low age was 7, so I heard 7 through 10 year olds, and I heard he raped the same 10 year old like multiple times. Well, a couple, uh, I know for a fact that at least two of them were between the ages of 9 to 11. But so absolute, absolute trash, gar- garbage human being. So, But he is trying to light a fire in a dumpster, push it towards a gas station, and this guard puts it out. He's in a green shirt. Well, we Ro- know what that looks like playing GTA when you you know use the jerry can at the gas station. Oh, you man. Shoot the, you shoot the gas trail. That Yo, gas stations explode. It's just like video games. Well, I mean, also, too, like, gas isn't what lights on fire. It's the fumes. It's the fumes of gas. So, anyway, so Rosenbaum focuses his rage on a guard in a green shirt that puts out the fire with a fire extinguisher. And moments later, Rosenbaum starts more fires. At the same time, Rittenhouse is spotted running with a fire extinguisher with his face concealed Rosenbaum emerges chasing after Rittenhouse. And it's worth noting that the target of the first altercation was dressed almost exactly like Kyle Rittenhouse. So he probably thought it was the same guy. This came out of the testimony. Why is Kyle Rittenhouse running over there? He got a call from his buddy who was there first. Yeah. And his friend and the prosecutor had a problem with this. Like, Kyle, why do you think you're supposed to go run over there? What's the urgent need for you to be there? Because there's a fire. So his buddy calls Kyle. Kyle's buddy calls Kyle. Kyle runs over there with a fire extinguisher to put out the fire. Yeah. And then, so Kyle extinguishes it. And now Rosenbaum is chasing after Kyle Rittenhouse and just gunning after him. Now, this is where things got a little confusing for me because I thought Rosenbaum actually shot at Kyle. And the reason I thought that was because a single gunshot is fired by a protester. And this guy, or I'm not going to say protest, criminal rioter, his name is Alexander Blaine, and we see the muzzle flash of Blaine's gun where Rittenhouse is, uh, ends up being pinned between parked cars. There's three people there. There's Rittenhouse, Rosenbaum, and a reporter by the name of Richard McGinnis. Directly in front of Rittenhouse, armed with bats and other weapons, is a mob forming a barricade. So he's cornered with no way out and no way to know who fired that shot. Rittenhouse terses, uh, faces and turns to Rosenbaum because you know, you hear a gunshot behind you, and it's actually on video. You can see the muzzle flash. You think somebody's chasing you, somebody's shooting at me. So he probably thought he was armed. So Kyle Rittenhouse, after hearing the gunshot, turns to face Rosenbaum as Joseph Rosenbaum lunges, and he grabs the barrel of Kyle's rifle. Kyle fires four shots. Seconds later, three additional shots are fired by an unknown shooter. We don't know if it was Kyle. One bullet grazes Rosenbaum's head, another penetrates his right groin, his left thigh, and his back. Was that four for four? Well, that's not it because there was a total of eight shots fired. I can tell you a few of them. I, yeah. I, I don't know. So this is this is from the hill. I just looked this up. Yeah. Detective shots fired before Rittenhouse began shooting. Uh, Kenosha detective Martin Howard said at Rittenhouse's murder trial that a video showed protester, protester Joshua Zeminski firing the first shot into the air. Okay. And defense attorneys argued that this shot made Rittenhouse think he was under attack. Yeah. Well, he was under attack because he was being pursued. But so there's a total of eight shots fired. It's unclear whether or not all four of Rosenbaum's wounds were caused by Kyle Rittenhouse because we don't know if there was another shooter. 
there might have been somebody trying to shoot at Kyle and it hit Rosenbaum. Not everybody there was, uh, you know, burning stuff. Some of those people there were a bunch of good old boys strapped up. So yeah. they see their guy Kyle getting shot, uh, attacked. Maybe they could have shot at him. Or or the other pro or the other rioters might see Rosenbaum being attacked and they might be shooting at Kyle. You know, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Either way. So as McGinnis uh, tends to Rosenbaum, like because Rosenbaum collapses, obviously, Rittenhouse returns to the scene to check on Rosenbaum and call for help. As the mob begins calling for the attack of Rittenhouse, he is forced to flee the scene. Rittenhouse is seen running towards the flashing lights of police vehicles. The armed mob is now chasing after him. Somebody says, where are you running to? He says, I'm running to go get the cops. It's on video. And we're actually going to provide a video in the show notes. It's called um, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, the truth in 11 minutes. And it shows this uh, clip by clip. And we're going to show a clip momentarily of this. Well, did you, did, I mean, we got to talk about what Rosenbaum was saying as he was running. Oh yeah. Out. He said, I uh, shoot me N word, shoot me N word. That, that was way before at the beginning. Yeah. That was because they, they had clashed before. There was a situation where Rosenbaum had engaged Kyle's group. Yeah, and was it, it wasn't directly at Kyle, but Kyle was behind the guy that Rosenbaum was screaming at, and you know Rosenbaum was screaming the N word all over the place too. Yeah, you'd think he'd be canceled for that, on top of being a child rapist. But the two you know, worst things: a racist, yeah, and a, a, child a racist rapist. child rapist with ginger hair, and he had just gotten out of a mental institution that day. That's what I just figured that out. He just got out of a mental institution that day. Should have stayed. Oh yeah. Well, he would have been when he was safer off. After but Kyle, you heard him saying, "I'm going to kill you." I'm, I'm going, going to, to kill cut you. Your neck or something. So he's threatening. He's openly threatening Kyle Rittenhouse. Meanwhile, Kyle Rittenhouse threatens nobody in this entire altercation. He does not return words. He does he, every single time. He is fleeing. Well, so there's a story, and we can talk about the incredible patience and composure Kyle had this whole time. Okay, so there are calls now as Kyle's running towards police to cranium that boy he just shot somebody which is street slang for someone to shoot kyle rittenhouse in the head so now we're going to show a clip of an accurate shot by shot breakdown and i i know this is audio but it it accurately describes exactly what happens clip by clip of each second so i think it's like a, a minute or two so we're going to show that we're going to play the audio here on the show now for you to hear and th this is a really good breakdown so we're going to have it breakdown for you and again you can watch the video version if you click in the show notes so here is clip two hey what are you doing you shot somebody an unidentified protester strikes rittenhouse in the head knocking his hat off rittenhouse trips and falls to the ground another protester attempts to jump on rittenhouse who then fires two shots into the air with blunt force Another protester strikes Rittenhouse in the back of the head with a sharp edge of a skateboard, then reaches for the rifle. Rittenhouse fires a single shot, striking the man in the chest. A third protester fakes as if he's surrendering, then suddenly advances with a handgun aimed at Rittenhouse. A single shot strikes the man's right bicep. While visiting him in the hospital, a friend of Grosskreutz posted the following photo and statement on social media. I just talked to Gage Grosskreutz too. His only regret was not killing the kid and hesitating to pull the gun before emptying the entire mag into him. 
when a fourth protester raises his arms in surrender. Rittenhouse exhibits remarkable judgment by not firing his weapon. As Rittenhouse moves toward police, multiple gunshots explode behind him. So yeah, that that was pretty much the breakdown of all these events. And uh, they don't show it in the video, but when I watch the video, I see that Kyle actually has a jam in his in his rifle. And you can, if you watch very close closely, you can see him clear it. And the guy t- who's raising the pistol to Kyle, Grosskreutz, takes advantage of Kyle's jam and pursues him, raising his gun to Kyle's head. And only then does Kyle shoot and fire at him. So the detective in this case uh, testified that Assistant Durney, uh, District Attorney Mr. Binger advised the police in this case. We're going to start getting into the case now and how they tainted it. The detective in the case testified that assistant district attorney, Mr. Binger, and Mr. Binger is the annoying guy that everybody hates in the videos that looks really incompetent. So he advised police to not to execute a warrant to search the phone of Gage Grosskreutz. And there's two motivations to search his phone, all right? Providing evidence to incriminate Grosskreutz and exonerate Rittenhouse. So unless you're trying to hide the truth and bury evidence so that you can convict Kyle Rittenhouse based on a lie, there would be no reason objectively for you to not go through that phone. So that that's the start of the trial. But nobody in this entire attack gets charged. So the Gateway Pundit asks, why has the district attorney's office not charged Grosskreutz or anyone else in this altercation with anything? And that guy's a, more criminal than uh, Kyle was. I mean, he's the guy who crossed state lines with a firearm illegally. Grosskreutz, that's that's what Grosskreutz did. Lawyers are saying that Kyle was allowed to have the gun there. And but, it wasn't even his gun. He didn't bring it across state lines. His buddy owns the gun. Yeah. His buddy brought it across state lines legally. Yeah. Actually, no, I think the gun originally resided in Wisconsin. It was in Wisconsin. So that the thing that they said- And Kyle's allowed to be in Wisconsin. His dad lives there. Yeah, it's his dad's community that he grew up in. And so when people tell you that- Kyle crossed state lines uh, with a firearm that he illegally possessed. You say, no, that was Grosskreutz. That was the guy who tried to shoot Kyle. Yeah, and Grosskreutz isn't allowed to have a gun. He's a convicted felon. Yeah, so he was armed robbery. Armed robbery. He was carrying it without a concealed carry permit. He was in the area. And again, Grosskreutz on the stand tries to make himself sound like, oh, Kyle was an active shooter and I just made an honest mistake. And when he goes up there, you can tell he's trying to save his own skin. But there was no way that you could ever picture, like, if you think somebody's an active shooter, they're not going to be running towards the police saying, I'm getting the police. No active shooter is going to do that. Why? Because the police would take them down. You know what's so crazy about this? I just realized this. Imagine a guy attacks you with a gun. You get the drop on him quicker and you shoot him and you disable him. And then now you are on stand and he is testifying against you when he approaches you with the gun well, first. Well, that's the crazy thing. And th- this is another thing I wanted to bring up. It looks like there might have been a deal with Grosskreutz, um, the man who pointed his guy gun at Kyle Rittenhouse's head, that they wouldn't prosecute him if he agreed to testify against Kyle. So I can't confirm this and you can't fact check this, but it sounds like 
It really sounds like they decided not to charge the attacker if he agreed to testify against the man he attacked. It might be in his best interest to not testify, but then they come with the, uh, hey, buddy, we got charges on you if you don't, yeah. if you don't help us out in this exactly. trial case. Because now this guy, he's going to go outside. Everyone knows what he looks like now. Right. So you've got these three guys that Kyle shot. You've got Grosskreutz. You've got Anthony Huber. And then you have this guy, Joseph Rosenbaum. Now, I don't know exactly why anybody would feel bad for Joseph Rosenbaum, especially considering his history. Well, but we, that we seems know about to. about that guy. Let's talk about the skater heartthrob guy that everyone's swooning over. <laughs> Anthony Huber. Oh, man. He's not innocent either. He's a wife beater, domestic abuser. Right. Multiple times. Right. But we like those. <laughs> I mean, apparently the left was, left does. But if someone threatens your life, and threatens to do you bodily harm, you have the basic human right of self-defense. If, if you don't have the right of self-defense, you don't have any rights. Like, Kyle Rittenhouse is not guilty of first-degree murder. In every instance, he's fleeing. He can't be charged with premeditated murder. He was never the initial aggressor. Kyle Rittenhouse was trained as an EMT in an EMT program and explained to journalists that he was there to provide medical service and emergency care to people. In the early hours of the riots, he was providing medical care to the rioters and looters. And this is on video. And that is not someone who's going to go out of their way to shoot rioters and looters. If you follow the New York Times and all tape, Kyle never attacks anybody. In fact, Kyle was attacked twice himself, and he fleed both times trying to get out of the situation. He's not part of any extremist group. Um, according to the Anti-Defamation League, who did a check on him when this originally happened. And according to Kenosha police, so apparently when police were pushed back, the rioters were pushed into Kyle's area. So they attacked him twice on tape and he was fleeing. And also with the police blocking the area, the mob chased him, uh, chasing him. It was almost impossible to return to the car dealership that he originally came from without being killed. Obviously, you're going to go towards the cops because the cops are... The, the safest so place to go. to reaching the police line, too, before you got attacked. And you know what's really sad yeah. is the police, the police stood down that whole night. Yeah. And no, they stepped wanna, aside. If you want to talk about, like, Kyle shouldn't have been there, no one should have been there, that's that's a fine argument. Yeah. But that argument also includes, okay, so we need somebody there because there's, let's say you have an army invading and destroying private property. Yeah. Who are you going to select to be there? If it's not, you know, the army, if it's not the police, then who do we have left? Yeah. It's got to be the citizens. Yeah. And that's the whole that's the whole problem with this thing is people are so worried about the establishment taking care of them. Like, you know, our number. Why is it the cop's job? Why is it so crazy that uh, a, a, a citizen is defending private property with a gun? That's like the basis of America. Well, also, it's not like he's shooting people who are on the private property. He doesn't shoot them until he has to. Like, let's just break this down. Like, a skateboard to club you over the head when you're being swarmed by, like, eight people. You know, That's deadly force. times on the head, multiple times. It wasn't yeah. as the guy approached. It wasn't as he hit him one time. It's as his head is getting clobbered into yeah. the ground. That's You can get a concussion from a lot less. Yeah, and then if Kyle's knocked out, the mob would have killed him. Like, no doubt. Kick stomp to the head on the ground. That's grievous bodily harm. That's deadly force. Again, if if you get knocked out in a mob, they can kill you very easily. Handgun, deadly force. Second attacker tries to steal his firearm, deadly force. He responded in kind to all four by defending himself with deadly force. Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense to prevent loss of life and protect himself from bodily harm. Like if he had not shot Grosskreutz, he's dead. If he did not shoot Huber, he's dead. Yep. If he had not shot 
um, Joseph Rosenbaum, you'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. So they waited till the very last moment to shoot any of them. If I, I would, every time I watch the clip, I'm surprised how long he waits. I would have probably fired at more people. I'm just talking about me personally. I would have shot more people. He had a lot of control. He had a lot of control. I would have gone pop, 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 pop. I would have shot everybody. I'm not dying. Yeah, exactly. And you'd probably be justified if they're rushing at you. Like, honestly, if, if eight people are rushing up to you after somebody just called out cranium that kid, Yo, you're, you're justified. on this man, the self-control on this 17-year-old. I haven't seen a 17-year-old more self-control than that. I know when I was 17, I had no self-control. Yeah, I know. Same here. So, and then we and then we get to this court case, right? The, the, and this court case is a complete sham. It like, And we know that they're trying to throw... The court, because some some speculated that the prosecution may actually be trying to like lose the case because they're just so incompetent. I don't think I don't think that's entirely true it's though. It's just a bad case. It's a bad argument. You because, can't win a bad argument because they're trying. If they're trying to lose the case, they wouldn't have tried to mislead the jury and the public several times. They would have just started off with things that they knew were, they weren't allowed to do, and they wouldn't try to coerce the journalists on the stand secretly into changing his testimony. They're using doctored images. Yeah, it doesn't get worse than that. Oh, let, let's let's play that one clip of the uh, of the the journalist who admitted on the stand that they tried to get him to change his testimony. This was such a facepalm moment. It's not the biggest one of this case, but it's 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 a huge one. Mister De Bruin, you said there was a lot of tension in the room when you met with me and Mister Binger and Ms. Beasy. Yes. Is it fair to say that you were very nervous? Yeah, absolutely. And we did have you read over your statement, right? Correct. And we asked if you knew anything beyond that statement. Correct. We didn't ask you to change it. You, yes, you did. So, yeah, he says, we didn't ask you to change your testimony. And then he says, yes, you did in clip three. <laughs> so, yeah. I get some other fat smug to go up there and talk for a moment. So, and then and then <laughs> they get they get yelled at by the judge because they tried to use Kyle's Fifth Amendment right, his Miranda right, um, to remain silent as an infigation against him um, that displayed some kind of attitude of something to hide and mislead the jury and the public to think that um, this this was somehow indicative of his guilt. You know, Kyle and, testified, right, for like four hours. Well, yeah, again, okay, so like here, we're, we're going to play the judge just excoriating this doofus prosecutor because it's just so satisfying to me all right clip four why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury you are already you were i, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence that's basic law it's been basic law in this country for 40 years 50 years I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So it's, it's very obvious they're either using his silence because they have no case or they are just, they're very desperate. Like they're extremely desperate for something to pin on this guy because they know they have absolutely no case. You know how confident the defense is when they let an 18-year-old go up there and testify for hours and hours. Well, and that that was another thing too was this guy defended himself in a very good way. And if you 
if you're a prosecutor, your main focus should be facts. You don't have to try to play dirty tricks and word salads and ways of trying to give up a game to trap somebody in their own words. You're either guilty or you're not. And you either have a law that you abided by and or you don't. So a lot of people had the argument of, well, this kid's under the age of 18, so he can't have a rifle. But actually, Wrong. in Wisconsin, that's not the case. We love Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin, bro. Yeah, it's a great it's a great state. I, I love living close to it because it's, yeah, I can just go visit. It's but, infectious. But yeah, so Wisconsin, they, have, they originally had this law where they said you couldn't have a, a, a firearm under the age of 18. But I think a lot of what probably ended up happening was a lot of people were like, come on. I go hunting with my kids all the time. They carry rifles and hunting rifles and stuff. They, they know how to handle guns. They should be able to. So then it got changed to you can handle a rifle under the age of 18 if you have adult supervision, if you have an adult with you. So that And then I think it changed even more to after that where it got to the point where it's like, well, I, I have people who are like 17 and they know how to handle a gun on, by themselves and everything else. So they should be able to handle it themselves. So I think the gun law even changed after that. But point being, the judge said he's throwing out the gun charges. And the response for the prosecution was, sir, the gun law doesn't make sense. And the judge said, if it doesn't make sense, you're out of luck because I'm not going to prosecute somebody as doing something illegal when they followed a law because you thought the law didn't make sense because you don't like the law. Look, I'll agree with him on one thing. I'll agree with the prosecutor. There are laws that don't make sense. But let's talk regardless of law. Let's talk principle. Average age of uh, a soldier in the Revolutionary Army was like 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. um, a sad truth about guns is you can actually handle them a lot younger than what people want to accept. So people want to say, well, 17-year-old is too young to have an AR. Watch the footage. Yeah, I know. That guy can shoot. He that can, guy can shoot, shoot really well. Than he, a cop. he defended himself extremely well. And also, this is coming from the left. So there so was. Don't, don't tell me that a 17 year old can't be armed and defending uh, private property. That was what the. Yeah. That was what our country was built on. Was a bunch of young guys, guys who knew yeah. how to shoot and who wanted to defend their home. That's that's been all of our wars. Well, also too, the left is is a group that constantly advocates that people should have bigger rights at younger ages. So this was a uh, tweet from Cambry, but she said, if you think an 18 year old is too young to own a rifle, but a 16 year old is mature enough to vote, a 14 year old is old enough to get an abortion without parental consent, and a three year old is mature enough to decide their own gender, then you're probably the problem. Well, a gun's actually an easy thing to figure out how to use. It's like a screwdriver. It's like any, yeah. it's a spoon. It's a tool. That's what it is. Yeah. So, it, like, I, I don't buy this case, but, yeah, obviously, he knew how to handle himself. But they're trying to use the silence because they don't have a case. And so many leftist lies came out about this. Like, I remember Anna Kasparian thought that uh, Rittenhouse chased after Rosenbaum. And she later admitted she's wrong. Other leftists are just figuring out today because they were under the impression that Rittenhouse killed black people in self-defense. And they're just learning out now, even though we've known this from day one, that everybody involved in the altercation was white. And once they found once black activists found out about that, they either said it was a good thing that they were killed or they no longer cared about the case. Well, there's this new form of racism. I don't know how new it is, but <laughs> white conservatives who like guns. Yeah. Well, anyway. They're that, racist. Yeah. <laughs> we All should, of them. Uh, I know. We, we're, look, we're racist. We always, I don't even, like, I've never even shot a gun. I just like them, <laughs> and I'm racist. 
Yeah, I know. We, we're probably going to have to do an episode about that. Guns are racist and everything is racist. We, we've, we've been slacking on everything is racist. We might have to bring that back up. You've been slacking. This is your podcast. That is true. This is just my grandma's basement. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I haven't. Okay, so I want I, I do want to apologize because Josh is right and call me out here, but I have been busy. Uh, my sister got married two weeks ago. Um, it was her birthday the week after, and then the week before that, we were preparing for everything. And uh, so uh, a lot of family get together right there. Yeah, I also had to attend a friend's uh, funeral tragically. I won't go into that. Um, that was kind of rough, but um, yeah, just just uh been under a, a tight schedule so i apologize for not getting back to you guys it's been too long but anyway to get to get back to the case um you you, you don't play dirty tricks to try to trap somebody yeah you know, again unless you're a dirty trickster yeah unless you're mr binger so this prosecution it's very easy to figure out it, it's they're not neutral they're trying to convict kyle rittenhouse any way they can but now we get into jury tampering so the nephew of George Floyd, a man named uh, Cortez Rice, has weighed in on this case, and he's suggesting that people will be held accountable if they do not convict Rittenhouse. And we actually have a, a clip of him uh, threatening the jury, so it's clip five. With the Wright family, like I said, justice for all stolen lives, reopen all cases, justice for our babies. Listen, we demand transparency, man. Nothing but the best, man. We want transparency in these courtrooms, man. And I did it for the Floyd trial, man. Had Court TV up in there. They got Court TV up in there in the Kenosha. They got, I ain't even gonna name the people that I know that's up in the, in the Kenosha, I mean, in the Kenosha trial. But there's cameras in there. It's definitely cameras up in there and there's definitely people taking pictures of the juries and everything like that. We know what's going on. So we need the same results, man. We need the same results. So he's basically, um, He's he's basically threatening the jury, and then this isn't the only guy either. There were other ones taking pictures of the jury, saying that things were going to happen. And what he what he did just now in that club is called jury intimidation. It's a very serious crime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. And I'm telling you guys, man, uh, if, if, Black, if Black Lives Matter decides to murder a juror or worse, the judge... They will be officially recognized as a domestic terrorist organization. Well, they're bringing right? back the lynch mob stuff. 
it will be a scandal they will never live down if I that happens. That. I mean, you want to say scandal will never live down. The media is owned by the same people. So these people can get away with a lot of things. And there hasn't been a thing where they've crossed the line so far that the media establishment turns on them or that people turn on the media establishment. So far, they've gotten away with every single thing they've wanted to. It becomes they got a, away with riots all summer. That's true. But it be, over 100 people. It becomes different when you threaten the people in the justice system because then the people in the justice system are going to go ballistically hard on you. I, I, I They're going to be scared. They're going to sure be scared. Some people inside the, that system that would like things to go smoothly, and I'm sure there's people in the system who also who, who otherwise want things to not go smoothly. They want destabilization. Well, because they can profit. I'm off telling you, you started with the riots. That's you true. Profit off of destabilization. They love doing that. I'm telling you, man. There would be vigils of that juror everywhere you go. No amount of press coverage would be able to hide it. I don't Even know. yeah. Well. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. If it if it's a judge, we know it'd be ten times worse. These people have no idea what they're tampering with, uh, obviously. But the the attacks on the judge were completely unwarranted. You saw the leftists get angry because the judge's ringtone was the song "God Bless America," "God Bless America. the USA." You can't be white. You can't so love America, you can't own a gun, and you can't defend your own stuff. And then he also got excoriated because he took the time on Veterans Day to honor veterans that day, and they hated that too. So they're like, okay, because this song is patriotic on his ringtone, he must be a Republican, and he must so be a Trump funny. supporter. So and I, I I guess that means he's an evil white supremacist because. Apparently everybody is. Why do so, white people love America so much? <laughs> That's our biggest problem. Is I don't white think white. I don't. I, I don't think white people love America that much. If you've gone to like, I don't know, maybe our local college, but <laughs> well, most liberals are white. That's the funny part. That, yeah, like I, I again, I don't get it. But so the judge also made a joke about a supply chain and said that lunch was late because it was um, still floating on a boat on Long Beach Harbor. Did you see that being called racist? I saw that. He, so Don racist. Lemon. So we actually do have a clip of Don Lemon. It was Asian food. He was yeah, referring he, to. he he got Asian food. So this is Don Lemon in clip six, and he's calling the Chinese food um, joke racist and he didn't even mention it was chinese food it was asian that's a really broad you know yeah like okay so here's don lemon clip six does he need to make jokes about asian food not arriving you know because it's on a boat in on long beach in california whether he was being you know racist towards asians or insensitive or not he's making jokes about the supply chain it does not compute so supply chain jokes are now racist so um, the judge also said that people who are killed by Rittenhouse shouldn't be referred to as victims. And that's really not bias. Like, that's how our judicial system works. You're innocent until proven guilty. So you cannot call these people victims because that term takes away the statement that Rittenhouse was defending himself. Well, you don't call the you don't call a, a jihadi plane hijackers who crash into buildings. We don't call them victims. Well, they are attackers. <laughs> that's what they were doing. Well, like he can't call Rittenhouse a victim either, though. That was the thing. Like, you can't call either side a victim because that's what the whole court case is about. Yeah, who's the victim? Yeah. So, and again, you know, they tried to paint Rittenhouse as a white supremacist, and even Joe Biden makes this claim. And there's about as much evidence that Rittenhouse is a white supremacist as there is that Lieutenant Governor of Virginia Winsome Sears and Larry Elder are white supremacists. Well, it's completely learned, absurd. I hope you learned something from uh, Nick Sandman where uh, you can go and get... Um, legal retributions and financial retributions and uh you can go after people for slander and libel and defamation but yeah um so it's completely absurd it's patently untrue it's downright detestable 
And there's a clip of uh, Kyle's mother saying that Joe Biden's defamed her son. We're, we're going to give our pro uh, producer a little bit of a rest here because we've already played six clips. But she's saying that she hoped she she said Biden defamed my son. And I'm telling you, man, when the civil suits come out for Rittenhouse against all these media outlets, they're going to make Nick Sandman look like a kid who found 20 bucks on the street. It's it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow Sandman out of the water because they keep doubling down and they keep just running it. So like what you said with Sandman, you made a good point. Like, I think he's going to get even more money than Sandman. But anyway, so Don Lemon says, and we're not going to play a clip because I'm just tired of playing clips of these morons. But Kyle Rittenhouse is an 18 or 17 year old uh, kid. But what if he was a black kid with a gun? And then ask, um, how would the judge in America treat a black kid um, that age if he killed two people and injured another person? How would America feel about that? And the irony of that is that that actually happened uh, last month with this guy named Timothy George Simpkins. He was a black 17-year-old, shot three people at his high school, and a teacher, and three other students. So the major differences are that Simpkins, obviously not acting in self-defense, he was a school shooter, and um, Kyle was acting in self-defense. Kyle Rittenhouse spends 87 days in jail, and Simpkins was released on bail the very next day. Calvin Patton, an English teacher who was shot, jumped in to break up the fight. Simpkins shoots him in the back, collapsing his lung and shattering his ribs. Simpkins was obviously shooting to kill and was released the very next day. Didn't that guy shoot a pregnant lady too? He didn't shoot the pregnant lady. So Simpkins, oh, okay. so, so what ended up happening was the pregnant lady was injured though because she fell... And I think she was either trampled or she was like she got injured in the chaos resulting from him firing the weapon. So, again, imagine if he was white. Imagine the news stories exactly about, uh, about Timothy Simpkins. So I don't know if race had anything to do with the bail, but I promise you that Simpkins wasn't released the next day because he 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 was white. Like Kyle, on the other hand, uh, spent eighty-seven days in a jail. He was only able to get out because of charitable Good Samaritans who organized enough to raise a $2 million bail. And that was very difficult to do in itself because Kyle's GoFundMe was taken down. And we all saw that happen. But Kyle was treated in a hostile way by both the police, the prosecutor, and he was given an insanely high bail number and his GoFundMe was taken down. Simpkins shoots three people and another person in that scenario, like you mentioned, was a pregnant woman who fell and got injured. And he's freed within 24 hours. And his bail is only seventy five k. And the news isn't calling it for for gun control. They're, no, they're not claiming that. They didn't. They barely exist. covered it. You know, he shot. I'm sure he shot a black student, right? Yeah, yeah. He he shot. Imagine if a white guy shot a black student. Imagine. <sighs> Do you know how crazy that would be? It, it's insane. I, I I hadn't even heard that much about the case that much, but yeah, Kyle shoots. Three people in self-defense, and in less than 48 hours after the incident, Kenosha County District Attorney Michael Gravely charges Rittenhouse with six crimes. First-degree reckless homicide for the death of Joseph Rosenbaum. That may result in imprisonment for up to 60 years. First-degree reckless endangerment of the journalist Richard McGinnis. That may result in up to 12 years. First-degree intentional homicide for gross crudes for up to 60 years. First-degree reckless endangerment of an unknown uh, male that could result in prison up to 12 years. And holding a weapon by a person under the age of 18, which is a misdemeanor. And he's held for 87 days in jail. He's slandered by every news site, every media company known to man. He's got a two million dollar bail was go fund me is taken down and none of the attackers are charged with any kind of crime 
So that's imagine, that's the attacked. justice system. Imagine you get attacked and you use your Second Amendment perfectly <sighs> and um, with more patience than what I even think the Second Amendment requires. Yeah. Uh, and then you get put on trial so, for exercising your rights when the cops weren't helping him. No one was yeah, helping him. See, he was the last man standing. So you either want him to die or you want him to shoot somebody because that's what that's there's only two options. He was put in a really rough situation. But yeah, all these people talking about white privilege, they could shut it. Okay. Well, white it guys did. can't even shoot white guys anymore. No, I know, without being racist. called racist. <laughs> like like, that, you, like that's white that would, supremacist. You'd think that would help out the world if the white people are the problem. Okay, well, White well, people start killing their own. Isn't that what you would want? That's why some of the black activists were celebrating, <laughs> ironically. Um, and you get rid of a pedophile? Yeah, like, I know. Like, like wouldn't you, you want this? Like, like if you, if you people are still mourning people, that guy. I can't believe it. Isn't that crazy? Like, they're still like, how could you? How could you possibly not respect the sanctity of life? I'm like, I am. That's why I'm glad he's gone, so he doesn't hurt another kid. Like. This whole, but you're right, Josh, because this whole situation only happened because the police stood down and American OSHA had offers by the president to give them more security, and he outright rejected it. Somebody has to fill the void. Well, let's talk about that part of this because, I mean, the, the one argument, I mean, you can't argue that this was homicide. This was self-defense. You yeah. can't even argue that. So then the other argument is, well, he shouldn't have been there. Well, okay, that's a good argument. You can argue that. Um, but um, let's talk about who should have been there. Um you know, we rely on cops now to, 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 to protect us and our things. That wasn't the case for a long time when this country was founded. And it's become the norm that uh, everyday citizens don't engage in any of their own self-defense, that, that citizens must solely rely uh, on the protection from the police. Yeah. And you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to, you know, a guy rapes your wife or breaks in your house and steals your stuff. You're actually not allowed to go, you know, get your stuff back or you know, handle the rapist. You're not allowed to do these things. And this is why they hate, this is why Black Lives Matter and all these people hate the Kyle Rittenhouse trials because they know that they have no case, but they also know that if he gets off, that they might be dealing with armies of Kyle Rittenhouses because here's the truth. When this Kyle Rittenhouse thing first broke and I saw the footage, it looked almost to me like a soldier running away from enemy combatants in Afghanistan. Like I couldn't believe this was the United States I was watching. But Everybody in my community, everybody I know, they all went out immediately after that footage was released. They all got guns, all of them. Well, and that's that's the uh, that is the answer to all of our problems. It's not just guns; it's mostly guns. You should have guns. That's a biblical thing. Yeah, it's, sell your cloak and get a sword. Yeah, if you can't, as a man, you know, let's talk to men for a second. If you can't, as a man, have the means to protect yourself and uh, the people that uh, you are responsible for and the things that are underneath your purview, uh, there is a serious hit to your manhood. God even tells you as a man to be, you know, yeah. you know, Jordan Peterson says, be a monster. Yeah. In the right scenario, you don't want people to mess with you. I'm not saying everybody should have a gun. Responsible people should, have a gun. should have a gun. Responsible people should have a gun because I don't think uh, Rosenbaum or gross crew should have a gun. I'm saying everyone. <laughs> so, and that's that, you know, the gun is the great equalizer. A midget can take down Dwayne the Rock Johnson if the midget has a, a, a four five. Well, it's it's also a reason I think more women should should carry guns. Women should have guns more than men should. Yeah, I honestly think they have a, okay, a better argument. Yeah, well, well, you know, <laughs> I we I, I watch a lot of true crime, so <laughs> you know. I was gonna say at the start of this, it sounded like true crime when we were going over the 
the cow right now thing. Well, it's it, it kind of is. I mean, it's it's just such a crazy case. But yeah, so when it comes to the whole situation of he shouldn't have been there, I don't even think you can make that argument. Well, he's got more of a right to be there than the rioters did because Kenosha is his home, and most of the people that were at the riot aren't native Kenoshans. Well, let's go over the leftist narrative, right? They're peaceful protesters who wouldn't hurt anybody. But at the same time, Kyle Rittenhouse should have known that if he showed up to that peaceful protest, he was going to be butchered and slaughtered in the street. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Does so it? which one is it? Is it a peaceful protest? Or should he have known that he was going to be brutally murdered? You know, when, when and again, are out, you're supposed to let them do murderer things. And, and, and again, who was backing that up? Who's, who's backing up this group that they said it was so obvious that he was going to be killed? And again, like, regardless of how you find yourself in a situation, if you become if you become the defendant in a life or death scenario where you have to defend yourself, you have a right to defend yourself. And you you aren't the problem either. You, you initiate yeah. the violence. Who, would you say to anyone, like, let's say a girl was walking home from work because she was cleaning up graffiti in Ruther's High School in Kenosha. She's walking home late. She sees a girl who's um, over there in an alley being assaulted. She goes to go help the girl. And then all of a sudden, she ends up being assaulted. Would you say, well, she shouldn't have been there? No. Well, look, you want to <laughs> go a step further, we got to talk about who's got the right to do what. They don't have a right to kill people. Um, you got, so let's say you have a young lady walking home, walking anywhere in the middle of the night, and let's say she's dressed in a way that makes her look uh, more attractive, more, you know, revealing. Um, she has the right to do that. And, you know, some uh, really conservative dad might say, hey, uh, you shouldn't dress like that. And then she goes, no, I have the right to dress like this, which she does. Yeah. Look, it's victim blaming, though. It's victim blaming. You can't blame the scantily clad woman for being assaulted. You can't do it, and that's the liberal example that gets brought. It's a liberal yeah, example. Yeah, so, so you cannot blame Kyle Rittenhouse for for being assaulted, and which is what they're trying to do. And they're trying to blame him for the setup. They're saying you set yourself up for this. Well, well, you're going to tell the, the rape victim that they set themselves up for that by going out for drinks? It's almost the same argument. So if you wouldn't say that for rape, why would you say it for attempted murder? Because he's a white guy. That's why. White, it, well, guys, <laughs> white guys are free range. Well, that, that's what another thing I don't seem to get. It's like I, I don't even this, – this whole case had nothing to do with race. Everybody's the same race. If you had to race swap, it would be a black kid shooting black people. It would be like that would Chicago. be the race. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago. Well – in Chicago, a lot of those things aren't self-defense. They're gang gang wars. But on top of that, so we're, now we're going to go to um, two moments that really broke the trial. This is going to be the last two clips I show. But we're going to go to the first clip of uh, Grosskreutz where he pretty much ended any case that Kyle was trying to murder people. So we're going to go to, I believe it's clip seven. Go. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him. Then he fired, right? Correct. Oh, that's it! That's, that's it! it. That's Directed it. verdict. Directed verdict on all the murder charges. Kyle knows. Yeah. Directed verdict on the murder charges. He just he just exhaled. Kyle, oh, he looks like he's gonna cry. How do you not? How do you not? How do you not acquit after that? Look at bigger! Look at bigger! Look at, look at big boy! Oh, oh big boy! <laughs> oh. 
So it wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, that he fired, right? And Grosskreutz says, that's correct. So that ended huh. That ended everything. Huh. He pointed his gun at Kyle first, and then Kyle did not shoot him until he pointed the gun at him and advanced on well, it him. It ends the debate on that specific shot fired at that guy's bicep. I mean, you still, look, you can still have a court case about the other two guys. You can have a sham trial for that, but that Grosskreutz thing... He basically just said himself that, "Hey, Kyle didn't have a reason to shoot me." Yeah, I know. And, and a pretty you, good you see, reason. did you see the prosecutor in the background? He was like, "Oh, like his hand is over his eyes and uh, over his head, and he's just like, oh, like he can't believe that the guy just gave it up." So that was probably the biggest facepalm moment where you literally had some the prosecution facepalming, like well, they couldn't believe what's it. What's nice is um, the court case is going really good for Kyle so far. So so far, it seems like. The proceedings are going in his favor, which is what you'd want. Yeah. Um, what I don't like is, uh, like, they have the National Guard getting called into Kenosha for anticipated riots. I mean, it's too cold to riot. What are you doing? Well, also, too, I think that's a bluff. And I think I, I think if Kyle gets off, again, it's going to embolden people so that they can defend themselves. Because again, they've yeah. we've we've been over this. They've already got guns. In fact, when I when I was going in there, there was such a big line after Kyle Rittenhouse to go get guns. There was like a three to four hour line to just get into the building, even if you were just window shopping and you weren't buying anything. That's what I faced when I was going there. And I talked to an instructor, and he said, "Let me tell you something. That kid did absolutely everything right that I would ever teach in a self defense class." He never was an initial aggressor. He never threatened anybody. He was always retreating. He only fired when he had to. And he was very controlled to only fire the people advancing on him. And he he doesn't even fire on everybody advancing on him. The last guy throws his hands up in the air and he walks away. Kyle doesn't shoot him. He lets uh, him go. um, A lot of people that I first talked to about this is, well, why didn't he shoot a warning shot? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The warning oh, shot is the gun itself. This the goes- warning is the gun. You see a porcupine? The warning is yeah, the spice. You do not go after somebody where, wearing an AR-15 around their neck. It's, it's just common sense. Oh, he needs to shoot a warning shot. I didn't know he was serious. No, point- AR-15 lets you know he's serious. Yeah, like uh, point blank. Don't attack conservative guys. Look, an armed society is a polite society. If everybody <laughs> had an AR-15 around their back, no one would get shot. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing too. It's like th- this kid has a baby face. He looks like somebody who could be bullied. He looks even younger than seventeen. He almost looks like he's fifteen. Like he's he he has no facial hair. He looks like a young kid. But now we're we're gonna go to a moment, and again, this this a little emotional. Where again, this kid's been held in jail for eighty seven days. He's in the middle of a court case where he's testifying for four hours, and a court case that's probably going to determine the rest of his life. And he's under an immense amount of stress, an immense amount of slander, and it all comes to uh, this one point where he just breaks down. And you can you can even hear it in the audio where you can you can even sense like his his muscles and his neck are tensing up. If you look at the thing, his voice becomes red, and it almost looks like a PTSD episode because his arm gets his right arm gets raised in the air, and it just kind of stays there, and it doesn't it doesn't get lowered. As his his neck gets constrained to the point where he can barely speak, just starts sobbing on the on the on the stage. But here you go. This is the final clip. I believe this is clip clip either seven or eight. I think it's clip seven. <laughs> 
Go. I step towards the Duramax, and um, as I'm stepping forward, I believe his name is now Joshua Zeminski. He steps towards me with a pistol in his hand, and as um as I'm walking, as I as I'm walking towards to put out the fire, I drop the fire extinguisher and I, I take a step back. Okay. When you step back from Mr. Zeminski, what's your plan? My plan is to get out of that situation and go back north down Sheridan Road to where um, the car source lot number two was. And did you get back? Were you able to go in a northerly direction? I, I wasn't. Describe what happens. I, once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski and there were There were three people right there. Take a deep breath, Kyle. for a minute, sir. Uh, we're going to take a break, uh, about uh, 10 minutes, and please don't talk about the case during the break. What, read, watch, or listen to any comment. So yeah, does it does that sound like it's, if that's if that's a fake, that's an Oscar-winning performance right there. Like, honestly. Well, LeBron said he stuck a, a, a lemon head into his mouth. A warhead? I didn't see him do that. Le LeBron Shut is- Shut up, LeBron. LeBron is like the king of fake crying. <laughs> so I, I think he needs to shut up well, because he, be he, he gets bumped in. He might be the expert in this, though. So, I didn't think about that. He is the He gets master. bumped in and he voices out like, oh, okay, okay. He's, he's too big to fall like that, but yeah. it's Dude, LeBron was the same person who docks the guy. And if you go back to episode two, we covered this situation with Makia Bryant. And I, I'm sorry we called her Michaela. Her name was Makia. Makia Bryant tried to stab another girl. And this cop comes in with like eight seconds to spare. And we went over that and broke that down shot by shot where we said that this guy, like if he didn't take this girl out, she would have decapitated the other girl. And what ends up happening is when this cop saves another black girl, what does LeBron do? He doxes the cop and says, you're next on online. What a stupid play. Like like this, this guy is an absolute Shit. moron. And again, it undermines, but here's the thing, though. Th then they start making, uh, mocking his his PTSD breakdown, which is stomach churning in itself. But then they start making, um, like mockeries, like he's going to get raped in prison. Which again, they are siding with the I child rapist. That. I saw that they said that'll be the face he makes when uh, he's in, in his prison cell and drops the soap. Which you know what? I'm in the dark humor. That's kind of funny, but. Dude, you know, it's I, I not just funny as the dude's actually in PTSD therapy yeah, as you speak. And the guy who was chasing him down was a child rapist. I mean the irony of 
Oh, this I guy. Let that guy touch me for any reason. No, I know, but like the irony that a child rapist ends up ends up getting shot and in the groin and killed by a, the minor he's chasing. I mean, it's just poetic justice. Oh, I like it. Like, but the idea too that like with this thing, like I just think it's ironic they're putting that out and they're also siding with the child rapist. Um, there's just something ironic about that. But what I don't like I, is they're uh, the, the, the people that think that Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty of doing something wrong haven't they haven't been able to present a good alternative um, method of action for him we can talk about whether he should have been there or not well there's other people that uh, should have been there before him but they didn't go there so now the duty falls upon him to protect private property and if you think that you're not allowed to protect private property then you don't believe in the fundamental principles of America um, well, this is the same thing they said about Makia Bryant, though. They said that the cop shouldn't have been there. Well, look, if you like, they, they say that, that for every cop, you want to apply that. You got to apply that to everything, because, look, I'll agree with everybody on that. I don't want cops interfering in anything. I'm just that, you know, new libertarian agorist. I, I don't believe in that. I believe the Second Amendment is enough uh, justice system for me. But if you're going to apply that cop logic, apply it everywhere. And then the duty falls upon the citizens yeah. to handle their own situations, which Kyle did perfectly. Yeah. So again, a, a BLM said, we don't want police. Well, this is what happens when you don't have police and you attack conservative men. This is just what's going to happen. You will get shot. Don't attack conservative men. We're dangerous. I'm telling you, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm partially joking, but I'm also really not. You should never attack anybody at all. True dead. Like seriously, like you see a guy with a gun, leave him alone, leave him alone, let him let him go. Like I I don't understand why this is rocket science to these people, but on on top of that, just going with all this mockery, they completely undermined their own propaganda. Because what was their propaganda? Their propaganda was Kyle is an unfeeling sociopathic killer. And then what happened on the stage? They said he's weak and unthreatening because he's breaking down and crying because he's overwhelmed. You don't make fun of a cold-hearted killer. You don't. You don't do that. Well, also, like he, this is a guy who's clearly overwhelmed by emotion. What do they say? He's weak and non-threatening. Well, what what's been your argument for the past year? He's deadly and he's cold-hearted and he's unfeeling and he's he's a killer. Look. Everybody in my community, nobody bought a gun because they were afraid of Kyle Rittenhouse. They bought a gun because they were afraid of the people trying to kill him. Yeah, and we know that there's more people like that. Yep, and um, they're trying to they're trying to interfere with the jury right now. And uh, you know what? There's probably a lot of conservatives on that jury, maybe. Well, so this is just another reason. Just why be we careful. Need to stop. I've been saying this, to Andreas, all day. Is if you don't rely on government, yeah. you don't have to comply with government. So if you are strapped up, if you are well-trained with firearms, if you know your rights as a citizen, you don't have to rely on cops. If you don't rely on cops, you don't have to comply with it. You can you can protect your own things. And, yeah. and, and I know there's laws against certain things, like you can't uh, go after a guy who robbed your house once yeah. he's off your property. Yeah, you, if he's say, fleeing, then you can't, you can't do I anything. I say if we have this mass noncompliance to these bogus laws. If it's my stuff, I get to be the arbitrator of the justice over the situation. Cops, well, cops you, you got to be careful there because then you're going to end up locked up. Well, I'm saying you can't I'm make saying, that you can't statement lock on the jury. Up. You can't lock us all up. 
they can't they can't lock up individuals because not everybody's going to get mugged. Here's here's the thing. I'm not compromising. I, I know this, though. I, you need to decouple from these systems because they're going to fail you. These systems are going to put Kyle Rittenhouse on trial. He shouldn't be on trial. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing was this thing should have never gone to trial. And me and you can both agree that the cops that handled this were hostile towards Kyle Rittenhouse. We can both agree that the prosecution was obviously leftist and they were obviously trying to set him up as the martyr for all conservative men defending themselves or anybody who wants to defend themselves against a BLM riot. I still think the police are necessary. I haven't liked the, these draconian measures that they've been mandating, but you and me will both agree wholeheartedly that you need to be your own first responder. Yeah, and we need to be allowed to do that. That's why this case is so important. In this case, if, if Kyle Rittenhouse can't defend himself against criminals- No one can. Then no one can. And uh, you know they try to use the argument that he's too young. That's just so stupid. The yeah. young people should be the most protected people. I, I they mean, should know how to protect themselves. Of, of all the people who deserve to have a rifle to defend themselves, it's definitely the, the minor there who's being attacked by full-grown adults. Yeah. It is just crazy to me that we live in a situation where, or a, a world where this is even a debate. It was clearly self-defense from the beginning. I've been defending Kyle Rittenhouse now for more than a year. I was doing breakdowns since the first thing came out. I've never compromised on my position. And, you know, a lot of people will call Kyle Rittenhouse a hero. I don't know what else you would call somebody who's watching the city burn and going to help. I mean, he clearly had his medical kit with him. He's clearly helping out rioters and looters and everything else. So whatever you would call uh, somebody who's willing to put their own lives at risk to go help other people, that's what Kyle Rittenhouse was. And that's what he is. You can... Uh, you can most people have told me he shouldn't have been there. They talk about the setup. They talk about the situation setup. The rioters shouldn't have been there. First off, Kyle Kyle's can be wherever dead. he wants. Kyle, it's not illegal for Kyle to be there. That's number one. Number two, it's actually illegal for the other people to be there. Yeah. Uh, and then number three, we're talking about the specific thing that he did. And there's a lot, since we live near Antioch, yeah, I know a lot of people who knew Kyle, and they talk about him, and they say uh, yeah. they, they say negative things about him. I don't care. I don't yeah, care. I don't care. I don't care if this guy was a felon. Yeah, he did everything right. Another pedophile. If we're talking about this specific, I, I would things, care if he's another pedophile. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> anyone that's a free man is allowed to defend themselves, whether you like them or not. They have the ability and the right to defend themselves against anybody who attacks them. See here, yeah, I, I won't endorse the pedophile comment. That's going a little far. For are you me. saying are you saying free men shouldn't be allowed to defend themselves? I'm saying that a day where we lose a pedophile that preys on innocent children is not a sad day for me. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I I understand, but we both agreed. Like, what what did uh, what's her name? The libertarian. Oh, her name escapes me. She wrote all those great books. What was her name? She older lady. No idea. Oh gosh, dang it. I forgot. And I'm name. the libertarian. I know you know should that. know this. No, I don't. Oh, oh man. I don't uh, read this. So. She wrote 19. It wasn't 1984. She commented on 1984. She wrote Atlas Shrugged. How do I remember That's a the. A lot of nose stroking. <laughs> How do I remember the book names, but I don't remember the. Well, what did I, she say? She was, she was saying basically the the right to self preservation is the one right that you need because without that right, you can't have any others. You, you need to be able to preserve yourself. You need to be able to protect yourself if you cannot protect yourself. Because like, what would you do in Kyle's situation? I wouldn't have done anything differently. I would hope to be as accurate and fast and speedy and consistent as that. I would have shot everybody. <laughs> I don't know what I would have done because I w I'm not in his situation. But what I'm saying is that 
did he did literally everything right. He he did not make yeah, a what mistake. More can you ask from the guy? It's a miracle. I think God had a hand on this kid. How do you not walk away without a serious injury or or nearly dying? I I, I don't understand. Unscathed, like not a serious injury on him. It was crazy. So, yeah, you need to be able to protect yourself. It's a fundamental, basic human right. I don't care how you got into the situation. Imagine this. Imagine if Kyle Rittenhouse is black and three white people attack him. And oh, the same things play out. Al Sharpton would be defending him. It, <laughs> would, be, it, it, it would be a, a, a demonization thing. of the justice system for trying to arrest an innocent black man. It would have been a victory of a black man who got attacked by racist whites. That's and again, I would still be supporting black Kyle Rittenhouse. It does not matter. He's still right in the situation. I'd even support an Asian woman that would be pretty epic we had we had that in the koreatown remember when they they had the riots in the 90s for rodney king the rooftop koreans yeah Yeah, same thing and what happened when the media if you go back and you look at the footage from when they first reported what were they trying to say the koreans defending their shops against the gangsters and all these all these different people were the reporter was saying that the koreans instigated it that's so yeah, no, she's literally saying here the Koreans are attacking innocent black people. She says that on the video. I couldn't believe it. Well, they say it's okay to steal stuff now if you need it. Well, th- th- again, this weak position on crime of oh, you can't, you can't interfere, you can't stop people from blowing things up, you can't put out fires. It's why we have all this shoplifting going on around the nation where nobody's willing to stop it because police are told that they shouldn't be there. And that was the thing in the Makia Bryant case. They said, well, the cops shouldn't have been there. And that's what they always use. The cops shouldn't have been there. The cops shouldn't have been there. Nobody can be anywhere. Well, you know what's going to happen? People are going to defend themselves. That's just what's going to happen. Now, Either that or they're going right. to get killed. Right. Here's, here's We'll make a trade. And I'll be very happy to make this trade. Cops shouldn't be anywhere. Agreed. For me. <laughs> but then the trade-off is we get to defend ourselves however we like. Yeah, that's true. I would make that trade-off tomorrow. Well, honestly, I think the people in Kenosha would make that trade off tomorrow. Because here's the thing: it's like, what do you do in in this situation? This That's why I asked the McGlaskies. Yeah, this yeah, me exactly, a lot about that. exactly. Like same thing. It's like, and and what what happened with the McGlaskies? Nobody got killed. No. Nobody got injured. No. This this didn't happen because they had enough common sense to after the Kyle Rittenhouse scenario to to think, oh, he's they're gonna mess us up like Kyle Rittenhouse. Well, I don't know which came first, but I know that. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not what sure. What was nice is in the Boglaski thing, you saw two guns come out, and those two guns diffused an entire mob without having to get fired. Not a single that's shot. That's the magic of a gun. It's you the, don't need to shoot it for it to be effective. And and that's the thing. I will say this though: if you are going to shoot. A gun, or or have, well, not shoot a gun. If you're going to have a gun, you need to have different legal protections. So I would recommend USCCA. I'm just saying because uh, USCCA covers you, and this they're not a promoter of the show or an ad or anything else. I'm literally saying in Illinois or Wisconsin, if you're going to have prosecutors like this, and you kind of need some kind of legal coverage. So if you're going to have a concealed carry weapon or any kind of weapon, I would definitely recommend USCCA very good organization but yeah they said the same thing he did everything right and that's why i asked people did you want kyle to die and with some people with some people the answer is yes well some people will say well he shouldn't have been there stop saying that he's he's it doesn't matter where he is he can go anywhere he wants he's being shot at 
can he shoot back? Yes or no? And if your answer is no, then I would ask you, do you want him to die? And some people will blatantly say yes. That's fine. Say it. It's fine. But at least you're being honest. I really hope he gets off. I really it's looking do. Good for him. It's looking great for him because he, again, this prosecution is such a mess, and it will also embolden self-defense rights. Because here's the thing: Kyle Swade is everybody's fate, because this is going to be a precedent for whether or not people can defend themselves in a violent mob. People and, need to be allowed to do that, and I think yeah. even if this goes, even if the jury convicts Kyle, which would kind of only be the case if the jury got scared of uh, repercussions for letting him go. Um, every every single uh, rugged individual out there needs to, you know, you kind of need to put the law secondary to principle. We need to stand up for something because that's what our forefather, that's what our forefathers did. That's what our founding fathers did is they said, you know, principle over whoever uh, controls the rule of law at the current moment. Through civil disobedience. Yes. Yeah. Look, you don't want to break the law. No. But if the law is breaking your rights, if you don't stick with your rights, you're going to lose them. I mean, what would you rather do? Would you rather try to form your way and think for five hours about what a leftist would do or and die? Or are you going to protect yourself? I mean, there's no, there's a Kyle Rittenhouse in every scenario here had to make a like split second decisions under high amount of pressure. And he made the right one every time. It's the only reason he's alive. Yeah, he would be, he'd be dead right now. If, let's say the law does say he's not allowed to do it. Well, the law would have killed him. So yeah. that's a perfect example of why the law needs to come secondary to principle. You need to follow principle over law. And if law doesn't coincide with principle, you got to go up against the law. Well, we got the Constitution of the United States, and that's the supreme law of the land. And those that actually stands up for principle. Yeah. So if the supreme law of the land backs up uh, proper principles... Which it then, does. And yeah. you're in luck and you need to fight for that. And you can't give that up just because, oh, uh, the law says I can't do it. Well, okay, screw the law for a moment. Your principles are more important. <laughs> yeah, and your life is more important. You have to do what you have to do to Jesus defend yourself. Jesus a lawbreaker at times. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why, that's why we like him. But this has been a great discussion. And uh, if you can, please uh, pray for this kid because I'm you know, we have no idea what could happen to him. His name's probably going to be slandered his whole life. This is going to be his legacy is the Kyle Rittenhouse case of Kenosha, the Kenosha kid, and what he was able to do to defend himself. But yeah, my most controversial opinion as a conservative from the very beginning of day one was this kid, if he doesn't have a right to defend himself, nobody does. I don't even think that's controversial. That, again, we all need a right to defend ourselves. And I'm glad that he was able to do so. And I'm also glad that we got rid of a pedophile preying on children. That was a nice bonus. Not going to apologize for that one. Anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in. And Josh, thank you for uh, stopping back on the show. I appreciate you Thanks being on. for the uh, Little Caesars. Yeah, definitely, man. Anytime. I love having you here. All right, guys. That concludes our show for today. And as always, stay connected. Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.